Welcome to the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, where it's all about slashing your debt, slashing your taxes, and creating a liberated lifestyle. And now, your host, who met his wife while training for the 400 meters in Seattle and is eating gluten-free while lusting after bread, Dave Deniston. Hello, my friends. This is Dave Deniston, and welcome back to the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping doctors like you slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberated lifestyle. Well, in our last episode with Physician on Fire, uh, you learned about the pros and cons of student loan forgiveness versus refinancing your loans. We talked about the ways that he plans on volunteering once he retires, which I think is super awesome. And now today in part two, we're going to be going over a couple different things. You are going to be discovering the financial mistake he made early on that he would never recommend to anyone. And as a matter of fact, it is real estate related. And finally, receive his advice for residents, for fellows, for practicing physicians that he wished he would have received early on. With no further ado, here is the interview with Physician on Fire. So um, cars and houses and divorce, I mean, huge differentiators. Um, And you're now at this point where you're going to be able to retire from clinical medicine in the next couple of years. Would you say you've made some mistakes along the way, or has this just been pretty flawless as you've gone well, about? I'm perfect, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I definitely, um, definitely went went with a really nice, really big house when we took our first full time job, which uh, we didn't do until after we had worked locums for a couple of years. So I'd saved up enough to buy a nice waterfront lot and uh, knew the community pretty well and had worked the job as a locum for about four or five months before deciding to come back full time eventually. So we built a really nice big 4,000 square foot custom home with granite everywhere and and it was everything we wanted and it was going to be our forever home and you know Mm. naive as we were at the time uh, we we went all out and in hindsight that wasn't such a good idea because the hospital that I took a job at ended up going bankrupt and shutting its doors down for a period of time. And I had been uh, let go a little before that as they were entering the downward spiral. Uh, so I got a good about three or four years there. And then it was time to move on. And we had built really pretty much the nicest home in town. And mm. it was really, uh, it was overbuilt for the, the neighborhood it was in. And, and uh, once there was no hospital, there were very few people who could afford a house like that in a town of about 5,000 where there weren't many good jobs or many jobs at all. Wow. So we hung on to it as a, a rental and then a seasonal rental. And, you know, at first we were wondering if there was a way to get back there, but it just didn't work out. So we ended up selling it at a loss. Uh, by the time you count for realtors fees, uh, about a quarter million less than what we put into it. So that was a that was a big mistake. Uh, I was able to take some of that as a loss on our taxes since we were using it as a rental, but uh, still, that definitely set us back quite a bit. And and look at you now. I mean, I think um, you look at that story, and that really speaks to that you can recover um, from this stuff. And I'm sure that that was a early lesson to you um it was and then that kept us from 
doing the same thing again when we moved to where we are now. You know, I still had that mortgage, and that's why I said I don't want another big mortgage. You know, let's buy a house that uh, that we can sell some funds in our taxable account and just cover the cost, and and we still got a great home. But uh, but yeah, we spent less yeah about half less than half actually on our current home than we did building the first one. And if I hadn't had that mistake, I probably would have bought, uh, you know, who knows, maybe a $800,000 home, million-dollar home, and just figured, well, I, I earn enough to uh, afford the payments, you know, and that's a trap that a lot of people fall into. You know, if you can afford the payments, you can have it. And um, you, it, technically, yes, you can, but then you're locked into maybe it's a 30-year mortgage of, of making those payments. Well, the bank will gladly lend you the money right. <laughs> uh, for, for forever. And I, as I think about earlier in our interview about how you looked at being debt-free, I have to imagine that that experience of, of knowing that the job market can change on you suddenly um, might have shaped that decision. What do you think? Yeah. You know, whenever I tell people about, you know, the, the bankrupt hospital, they say, well, that, that that never happens. I'm like, well, no, not normally, but <laughs> it happened to me, and it can happen again. And yeah, you just never know. So, do you think like that shaved off a year of retirement for you guys? You know that that kind of decision. How would you describe monetarily um, the the impact of that? Uh, yeah, the impact. I guess after the tax deduction from taking a loss on some of it. You know, probably set us back to $100,000, which, uh, you know, I've got a really good job and we don't spend a ton of money. Um, so that's probably about a year's worth of, uh, of what we save after we cover, you know, our living expenses. So, yeah, that probably added a year. Interesting. Yeah, it's a good way to look at it. And I also look at, you know, I, I, I like to be fully transparent. So when I tell my story, and I've mentioned it several times, I'm, I did have some help from family, right? Um, my dad also helped me get started with an IRA when I was like 18. And mm-hmm. so I try to quantify that in terms of, well, how much of an advantage did that actually give me? And I'm very grateful for the help that I've gotten. Um, but when I think about, well, the $40,000 in school money, um, maybe, you know, another $10,000 in the IRA money uh, that my parents kind of helped fund. Uh, that's 50000 then. Maybe it's 100000 now. That's probably six months, that uh, uh, head start that it gave me in terms of reaching financial independence. So if someone's thinking, well, yeah, he was able to do that because his parents gave him all this money and his grandpa was a doctor and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, truthfully, it, it, it got me here six months quicker. So maybe I would have been... 40 years and three months instead of 39 years and nine months old when, when I hit FI. So uh, having those uh, benefits certainly helped, uh, made it easier, but they aren't necessarily required to reach financial independence at an early age. Well, I think the, the big thing that I would encourage everyone to think about is those living expenses, right? I mean, to me, that, that is the biggest determinant of when you can step away. Um, yeah, and we didn't business. really keep close track ever. I knew what our credit card payments were, and that's where most of our spending was recorded. And uh, so I, I kind of knew that we were financially independent when I really looked at all of our assets and made a guesstimate as to our annual spending. But once I started blogging, I actually decided to keep track and uh, use mint.com to 
to help uh, track all the credit card uh, expenses and categorize things. And you know, in the first year that we tracked, we spent a little over seventy thousand, and the first full twelve months it was actually uh, about sixty-two thousand a year. And again, now that we're financially independent, we have fewer expenses than we did before. So I no longer uh, carry disability insurance. Uh, very glad that I did when I was younger and didn't have this nest egg. I no longer carry term life for the same reason. And uh, and again, no mortgage. So uh, last year, and that's another blog post that breaks everything down, we spent $62,000 as a family of four. Uh, and our biggest expenses were food and travel. So you take out the mortgage, uh, you take out some of those expensive uh, insurance payments, and uh, you can do a lot on uh, on what a lot of people would consider a pretty pretty small budget, you know, relatively, you know, for physicians. Well, you know, I, I think about um, that. I think about the word financial independence, and I think about the word retirement, and th- those can all be really different things. And um, I, I kind of tease around this idea in uh, in some of my my various things across the web of retiring by forty five or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think. Um, in my opinion, kind of that traditional retirement is dead for someone that is under um, 55 because so much stuff can change. And I'd like to know from your perspective, like you're going to be retiring from clinical medicine, but I would argue you're not, you're not in fact like truly like really retiring. Right. Right. Uh, Yeah. You know, there's a sort of a, a, a joke. I think it was, well, maybe not a joke, but a post uh, by Mr. Money Mustache started it. He talked about the inter- Internet Retirement Police saying, you're not really retired. And <laughs> um, We've actually got a uh, company coming in for the next few days um, who are, uh, he's a blogger, Mr. 1500, and uh, he's going to be spending a few days with us uh, here in northern Minnesota. Um, and he says he hates the word retirement. You know, he, he left a, a high-paying job in computers, software, something or other. Um, but he still does, you know, meaningful work. He's, he's doing things that are sort of his pet projects. And, uh, and he'll still make money from his blog and different, different things. So, uh, so, yeah, I like to say retired from clinical medicine is what I'm planning to do. But I'm sure I'll still be writing. I may... I may have a whole different encore career that will have very little to do with with uh, making the most money because that's the whole point of financial independence is that you've got the money you need to live the lifestyle you want. Anything else is pretty much uh, superfluous. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't know what, exactly what life will look like. Um, I love the fact that I can do this while I still have kids at home and still have another good probably 10 years uh, until we have that empty nest from the time I retire. If we retire within the next uh, couple of years. So we'll be doing a lot as a family. We'll be doing a lot of travel. I'll still probably be writing. There could be other projects that I have not even thought about yet. Well, it's, it's, um, thank you for being so transparent about that. All right. Well, let's take pause here for a second and go to our commercial break. Well, if you are like some members of my audience, you are committed to being an amazing doctor and succeeding at life. But the truth is you've never received financial training during medical school and you struggle with enough time to do it all. And well, my friend, about a year ago, I started offering my book, The Freedom Formula for Physicians for only a dollar plus shipping. Well, this offer, it's coming to an end. 
And so only through the end of August, you can still pick up my book, The Freedom Formula for Physicians, for only a dollar. That's right, the whole copy, a physical copy to hold in your hands for only a dollar plus shipping. And actually, that's only just part of this incredible deal because I throw in a bonus electronic copy completely for free so you can start reading it immediately. But there's a problem. This is coming to an end. So make sure you take me up on this offer. Are you ready to pick up this book and get the financial training that you've desired? You can visit the podcast website now at www.drfreedombook.com to pick up your copy, or you can simply text Dr. Book to 44222. Don't let this podcast, my friend, be like other ones where you hear great information, you get some new ideas, but you never actually complete anything. To snag your copy now, visit www.drfreedombook.com or text Dr. Book to 44222. In today's world, you know, people get enamored with this word passive income. And I'm getting more and more um, thumping the table on that it is active yep. income. Absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, you know, like real estate is probably the, the biggest one that you read about as passive income. But you know, unless you're just buying a fund and collecting checks, it's it's not passive. Um, if you're researching the deals and maybe you're even the one that's managing the property and calling the people to fix the toilet or fixing it yourself, uh, that's that's very active. I mean, the the most passive income out there is, of course, investing in mutual funds and ETFs that simply give you a little bit of money back. You know, it's it's not nearly as much money as, as people might hope for with passive income. Um, you know, blogging is another one that's talked about as passive income, but if you're putting in 20, 30 hours a week, which I probably do between all the <laughs> writing and, you know, participating in different forums and and uh, writing my own posts and replying to comments and all those things, it's a lot of time and it's not passive. Now, if I were to quit doing it and there might still be some residual income, I might have built something that would continue to provide some passive income, but it was very active, you know, in the time that I had been doing it. And I, I don't anticipate quitting anytime soon, but I'm just saying, talking with bloggers that have been around a lot longer than I have, because I just started mine uh, January of last year, uh, you know, there there is a potential for passive income once you've built it up very actively. Well, I think to me, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, with, with blogging or podcasting, such as we're doing today, right. I think it becomes more passive obviously the the more money you make if you can hire people um is if you look at jim dolly you know obviously he started out himself and now he has kind of a team of people around him and you're part of the network Mm -hmm. of of uh, people associated with with him um whether it's guest posts or or whatever i'm sure he puts a lot of time into it but perhaps uh, the team takes a good load of that off of him so it can be more passive that's uh, true Yep, and his time is very valuable, whether he's doing the blog or working as an ER uh, emergency medicine physician. You know, he uh, he only has so much of it. He's got four kids, too, <laughs> uh, yes. and, uh, you know, a great family. So, yeah, every hour of his that he can uh, you know, offload that work to someone else it, it does help make that income a, a bit more passive. And, you know, I know he's also partnered with... Uh, people that he that he knows and cares about so he's helping he's helping those people out that are working for him that are 
probably making more money than they were before and uh, and also like you say taking some of that burden off his shoulders um, I haven't hired anybody really to do any work other than a little bit through upwork.com just to look at my site speed and and security and that sort of thing um, but that was minimal one-time job kind of deal and yeah well I well and I, I do actually and I, I have his um, we share a business manager now the white coat investor and I so I have been able to um, take away some of that finding the advertisers and setting up some of those deals because it did become a bit cumbersome as I just wanted to sit down and write but then I'd have two hours of emails <laughs> and inserting the different uh, ad widgets and whatnot so it, it is nice to have have some of that uh, taken off my hands and yeah there is well that. I I would love to uh, transition as we close out this conversation in the next 10 minutes or so. Sure. Um, you alluded to this earlier of having this charitable mission. So tell us more about that. What What is going on with the charitable mission in your blog? Yeah, so I started uh, this website uh, from a standpoint of already having attained financial independence by virtue of having at least 25 times our anticipated retirement expenses. So right off the bat, I'm saying, I don't need any more money. That's my that's my message, right? So then when ads start popping up and links to Amazon and, and different things, people <laughs> are going to think, oh, geez, what a what a dirtbag, right? I mean, he, he's, he's telling us he doesn't need the money, and then here's a money grab, you know, all over the sidebar and everywhere else. So uh, to help uh, justify that, I decided from day one that I was going to donate half of my profits from the site. And I, I think uh, if it becomes really popular, then I can do a whole lot of good. But already I'm seeing, um, you know, even half my profits now this year will be, uh, uh, and actually last year was pretty close, but this year definitely will be a four-figure number. Uh, and I'd love to see that grow. And you know, I'll, I'll be reporting on what I do with that money and, and where it goes and how we're helping people. So, yeah, I think it's... Uh, a really really great thing and I, I love the fact that people are you know choosing to use my links occasionally for you know whether it's to start their own blog or refinance student loans um, or just patronize any of the people that are advertising with me that that does help grow the income which will help me um, grow that charitable mission and and so um, as we wrap up the interview here my friend I would just love for you to sit back for a moment and ponder the past, that you're not a practicing physician anymore, you're a resident. If you could sit down with a younger POF, a younger physician on fire, a first-year resident, just matched out of medical school, what would you tell him? I would uh, I would tell him he should look for a website like uh, like mine or the White Coat Investors and maybe read a couple good books, um, and there are a whole bunch out there, and I have some recommendations on my site. Um, specific information, uh, I would say... Uh, be wary of building that big house. And I, I, I know that older physicians told me the same thing and I didn't listen to them. <laughs> uh, I, I also had an attending who said three times, he said, rent, don't buy. Rent, don't buy. Rent. <laughs> and he said, you know, for your first job, because about half of all doctors leave their first job within a, a few years. And, uh, you know, of course, that's another one that I didn't listen to because I knew it all. Um but yeah, there's just so much more information that's out there now than there was uh, even 10 years ago when I was, or 15 years ago when I was a resident. And uh, you need to take the time to actually read it. You know, for every every 10 hours you spend on uh, on yourself doing something fun, spend one hour reading a website or a book, and you'll 
you'll be well it'll be well worth your time. All righty. Well, you're ready for a quick lightning round before we wrap this thing up. Sure. All right, Physician on Fire, what is your guilty pleasure? Uh, I'm going to have to say craft beer. I uh, I don't like to spend tons of money on uh, you know some kind of you know, liquid, but I have been known to buy an occasional $20 bottle of uh, good craft beer. <laughs> Best book you've ever read? I like The Millionaire Next Door. You know, that, that really kind of defined... Uh, how I had, well, how I how, how I should approach uh, wealth and and what wealth really looks like. And uh, the duty that you want to have your kids take on for you that you don't want to do anymore. Hmm. Um. I guess I would say washing the dishes, but I don't do much of that anyway. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, let me think. I'll let them mow the lawn. I enjoy it, but it'll be a good thing for them to learn. I learned when I was a little bit older than they were. Perfect. All right, my friend. Well, it has been great to have you on. You know, I just want to say what I appreciate about you is you really come with this this brand of humor I talked about earlier. You make uh, the financial education piece interesting and fun, and uh, hopefully a little bit of that came through in the interview. We talked about a lot of your journey, um, but I just want to encourage you, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you for doing it. And uh, any other parting words for our listeners? Uh, come check out the site if you haven't, physicianonfire.com, and uh, I would uh, love to hear your comments. And thank you very much, David, for uh, for chatting with me. I had a great time talking to you. Hope, uh, All right, man. Hope in person here one of these times. Like you said, we're not, not that far apart, so uh, might have to meet up sometime after I go to a football game or something down there. There we go. We'll do it. I don't drink beer, but I'll be happy to treat you to one. Right on. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for being with us. And if people have more questions, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? Uh, you can find me uh, on the website, www. Well, actually, I don't think you need that. Just physicianonfire.com. I'm on Twitter with the at symbol, physicianonfire. And uh, my email is pof at physicianonfire.com. And my friends, that wraps it up for today. And in the next podcast, I would love to tell your story. Connect with me and let's help tons of physicians together. So just make sure to contact me, Dave, at drfreedompodcast.com or on my website, www.drfreedompodcast.com. Now, anyhow, thank you so much for joining me. It means so much for me to take precious time, for you to take precious time out of your busy and compressed schedule. For the Freedom Formula for Physicians Podcast, this is Dave Denniston. Remember, my friends, remember to slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberated lifestyle. Also, if you gain some value out of this podcast, my friend, and you are just loving this stuff, here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab your friend or your colleagues, their iPhone, their iPad, their Android device, whatever they got. I want you to find the podcast link on the device, get them subscribed to this podcast, and download your favorite episodes. And then tell them, hey, if they're ticked at you, they're going to thank you later, and you can just blame it all on me if, if they don't. So anyhow, thank you so much for joining me. It means so much to have you take time out of your busy, out of your compressed schedule. For the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, this is Dave Denniston. And remember, my friends, remember to slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberated lifestyle.